We hope you'll be blessed and inspired and challenged and motivated by this fresh word from Christian Heritage Church. Can I say it is great to be back home. Seems like it's been forever since I've been here at Christian Heritage Church. Uh, Actually about a month, so I am glad to be back this morning. Thank you for the opportunity that uh, was afforded me to ride the Hokahei to be able to reach uh, not only Native Americans, but others that came into my path. Wendy, we're going to show that video, so if you'll get it ready. Uh, Wednesday night, I showed a video that Ann was referring to. I just want to show the first part of it today because uh, there's a little more to the story this morning than what I was able to tell you on Wednesday night. Did anybody ever listen to Paul Harvey years ago when he was on the radio? He had a radio broadcast at noon, and then at 5 o'clock, he had a segment called The Rest of the Story. Well, this morning, I'm going to tell you the rest of the story. Go ahead and show that video, please, Wendy. Hey, good morning. I just wanted to uh, take a couple minutes and share some uh, pretty exciting God moments with you that have happened today. I just uh, pulled into a service station, uh, getting ready to turn east and head to Utah, almost there, fill up with gas and talk to Yvonne. And as I was uh, sharing this story I want to share with you with her, I saw another thing I wanted to talk to you about, too. But this morning in Eureka... Nevada, where I'd spent the night last night, I stopped about five to get a cup of coffee at the gas station there and pulled up and saw there was another bike at the station filling up with gas. I just went in and got my coffee and was standing in line to pay for it when the other biker walked up behind me and asked where I was going, asked about the Hokahe, so I gave him some of that information. And then uh, he happened to see this patch on my vest. I don't know if you can see it or not, but it says, uh, never again. And it's a, a reminder that we're never again going to allow a Holocaust to happen. And he asked me, he said, are you Jewish? I said, no, I'm not. Uh, I just am a supporter of Israel, and I pray for the peace of Jerusalem every day. He said, well, thank you. I am Jewish. I appreciate that. We began talking. His name was David. He was on the command staff of a police department. Didn't tell me what city. And uh, we began talking about the Holocaust and the horrible things that have happened in Jerusalem. And I talked to him about when we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, we're praying really for world peace because that's uh, the cradle of Christianity and Judaism. And Islam has a a very much uh, interest in Jerusalem as well and controls much of that territory. And just felt prompted to say, David, do you mind if we uh, prayed for the peace of Jerusalem as we start our day today? He said, no, that'd be great. Uh, Actually, let me tell you exactly what he said. He paused for a moment, looked a little perplexed, and then he said, hell yeah, that'd be great. So uh, I just began to pray for Jerusalem and the peace of Jerusalem, the prosperity of Israel, that God would make her enemies her footstools, and that his purposes and plans would be accomplished for Israel. And then I felt prompted to pray for him in particular, and I began praying for him. And I said, God, just as his namesake was a mighty warrior, this man is a mighty warrior. He's been a protector and defender of people his entire career. Would you just bless him and prosper him? Let peace fill his heart. Let peace fill his home. Bless his family. Didn't know anything about his family, but as I began praying for them, tears began running down his cheeks. And I could tell that I had touched his heart, and the Holy Spirit was ministering life and peace to David right there on the side of the highway at that gas station. And when I finally said amen, then he began praying. Well, not in English. He began praying in Hebrew. I understood Yahweh and Shalom and a few other words. 
His prayer was short, but when he finished, he said, I just prayed for you. I said, thank you, David. I appreciate that. And he put his arms around me and he said, thank you so much. I am so glad I met you this morning. And may God bless you and may God keep you. Pray for David. I believe God's doing a great work in his heart and significance in his life. Then I pulled into this little guest. All right, if you'll cut that right there. Thank you. I wanted to tell you the rest of the story. This morning after I came in, I had a call from David. I left my card with him, put my cell phone number on the back of it. He called me this morning. He said, uh, Steve, do you remember me? Well, of course I remember you. You know, I met you in uh, Eureka, Nevada. And uh, he said, you didn't know it because I didn't tell you, but I had left the house two days before on my bike because my wife said it was time for me to decide if I wanted to be a part of this family or not. I had to make some decisions to get my act together. He said, I believe when you met me on the side of that highway and began praying for my family, it was God-ordained just for me. He said, after you left and went east, I turned my bike around and headed back towards Salt Lake City. That's where he was from. He said, I pulled up into my house later that day, actually in the evening, walked to the door and I told my wife, I'm here and I'm here to stay. We're going to make this work and make it happen so that God can be glorified. He also said, my wife is a born-again Christian, just like you are, Steve. So your prayers made a difference. Folks, I just want to tell you, there are opportunities at every corner. Take advantage to sow peace and to sow life and to pray for people that you come in contact with. Most of them won't reject you. Most of them will welcome it. And you never know what the rest of the story may be. So continue to pray for David. His wife's name is Mary. They live in Salt Lake City. Ask God to do a work of grace, restoration, renewal in their hearts and their lives. And pray that David will come to know Jesus as his Lord and Savior. Amen? Amen. So thank you. That's just one of the great stories that occurred because of the Hokahe. There are many, many, many others. Uh, I actually did about 40 minutes on Wednesday evening about the Hokahe. It's at chctoday.com. If you want to watch that, it's posted. You can go online and watch that as well. So thank you for that opportunity. And thank you to all of those who filled in when I was gone for almost the entire month of July. To Doug Apple, who did a great job on forgiveness. Thank you, my friend. Uh, would you show him how much you love and appreciate him? And the great job he did with that message. Thank you, sir. And to my wife, Yvonne, stepping out of her comfort zone and bringing that message about consider your ways. Will you show her how much you love her? What a great job she did. Thank you, honey. We appreciate that. And then to Gary and Carolyn Bird last week. And to Anika Fields who's right back here on this camera, who filled in every Wednesday night. So thank you, Anika, so much to each one of you who picked up the slack. I appreciate it. Take your Bibles this morning. Turn with me to the book of First, or excuse me, Second Peter chapter 1. As you're turning, I wonder if you heard about the lady who died and went to heaven. Now, this is not theologically correct, so please don't uh, draw any uh, assumptions from it, all right? Just a funny story. She died and went to heaven, and when she got to the pearly gates, Peter stopped her and said, well, there's one more thing you need before you can enter heaven. She said, oh, what's that? He said, you need to spell a word. She said, spell a word? What word? He said, any word, it doesn't matter. So she spelled cat, C-A-T, cat. Peter said, congratulations, come into the portals of heaven. Everything that God has for you is yours today. And as she was walking past him, he said, hey, would you help me for just a moment? I need to run an errand. Would you mind standing here and just ask everyone who comes up to spell a word? And if they spell it correctly, they can enter. No problem. 
Well, it wasn't long until her ex-husband walked up. She said, what are you doing here? He said, well, I had a heart attack and died, and here I am. He said, I'm ready to enter heaven. She said, well, there's just one more thing you have to do. What's that? You have to spell a word. He said, what word? She thought for a long moment and then said, Czechoslovakia. (laughs) Some of you will get that tomorrow. Okay. Aren't you glad we don't have to spell a word to get into heaven? We just accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and He does the rest for us. 2 Peter chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. I just want to read the first four verses for a text this morning. We're going to be here for several weeks, a new series of messages entitled Positioned. So I want you to read it, be familiar with it, get the gist of what Peter is saying in verses 1 through 11, and allow God to begin speaking to you over the next few weeks from these verses. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1 through verse 4. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. I want to pause and read that one more time. His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Let me say it again. His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Oh, listen to me, friend. If I stopped right there, that should be enough to help you understand everything you need to live a victorious Christian life is already there. God's already provided it. You're lacking nothing. All you have to do is position yourself to receive what God has for you. All things, he said that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him who called us by His glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceeding great and precious promises. Exceeding great and precious promises. He gave us all things, and then He gave us exceeding great and precious promises. That through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Father, I pray now for the anointing of your Holy Spirit to fall upon the ministry of your word. Use me today to speak life into the heart of your people. I pray for the discouraged one that today they would realize all things are there. I pray for the one that doesn't know you that today they would recognize by changing their position, they can change their condition and come to know you as Lord and Savior. I pray for those in this room that are in the midst of marital conflict and strife and they're not sure if their home is going to survive, that you would remind them all things have been provided. Exceeding great and precious promises have been given to them and they can make it. I pray for those in this room this morning who are struggling physically with an illness or a disease, that they would be reminded Jesus Christ is our healer. And they would veil themselves this morning to that precious healing blood of Christ. Have your way in this room. Have your way through the entirety of the series of messages. And draw your people closer to you. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen. I want to refer you to the message, verses 3 and 4 and 5 of this passage. From the message reads this way. 
Everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us by getting to know personally and intimately the one who invited us to God. The best invitation we ever received. We're also given absolutely terrific promises to pass on to you. Your ticket, I love that phrase, your ticket to participation in the life of God after you've turned your back on the world corrupted by lust. So don't lose a minute building on what you have been given. Somebody needs to write that down and remember it. Don't lose a minute building on what you've been given. Verse 10. So friends, confirm God's invitation to you, his choice of you. Don't put it off. Do it now. Do this and you'll have your life on firm footing. When I read these scriptures, it makes it very clear to me that God has positioned us from the moment of salvation. From the moment I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior, He positions me to receive everything I need to walk in victory, to walk in confidence, to walk in fullness of joy, to understand that He never leaves me, He never forsakes me, to understand He has positioned me to be a son or a daughter of God. The psalmist said it this way, I believe it's in Psalm 42, he picked me up out of the miry clay and he set my feet on a rock to stay. He positioned us when we come to know him as Lord and Savior. He transformed us and placed us in a position where we can receive all that God has in store for us. What we need to do is acknowledge that position. Acknowledge where he has placed us and then begin unlocking all that he has for us. Do you understand so many of us as believers live far below the standard God has set for us? Why? Because we don't understand how we're positioned. We go around talking all the time, well, I don't have any money. Well, I'm sick. Well, my wife left me. Well, my kids are in rebellion. Oh, come on, folks. It's time to change the way you talk because the way you talk determines what you receive. It's time to change the way you talk and understand I am positioned for victory. He has given me all things that I need to overcome. I am positioned to be a conqueror. Oh, I'm not just an overcomer. I'm not just a conqueror. Paul said you are more than conquerors through him that loves you. Paul also said he has seated us in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. We have been positioned to receive all that God has for us and to be all God has destined us to be. So I want you to think about that positioning in God. So many times we fail to recognize where God has placed us. And as a result, we say, well, maybe tomorrow that will happen. Maybe tomorrow that promise will come true. Maybe tomorrow I will see the answer to that prayer. Maybe tomorrow my circumstance will change. I've come to challenge you this morning with this fact. If you will change your position, you will change your condition. Because when you change your position and put yourself in the place that God wants you to be, the doors of heaven open and he pours out upon you blessings that you cannot contain when you change your position. You see, God is not the God... I've got to be careful how I say this, or some of you will brand me as a heretic. God is the God of today. He said, today salvation comes to your house. Today, he said to the thief on the cross, you'll be with me in paradise. We're people of tomorrow. 
We say tomorrow it will happen. But God says, I'm the God of today. It's going to happen today. It will occur today. I've come to tell you this morning that if you will position yourself in the place where God can flow into your heart, you will see all things flowing into your life today. You see, we look at tomorrow. God looks at today. Satan looks at yesterday. This is what he says. He says, oh, it's never going to happen. If it would have happened, it would have already happened. You weren't good enough. You didn't earn it. You didn't merit it. Oh, by the way, you remember when you messed up two days ago? Yeah, it's never going to occur. God's fed up with you. All you do is stumble and fall. Don't you remember where you came from and how not very far you have come? He's always about yesterday, bringing up your past, trying to hold you back. But God has positioned you today to walk in victory, to conquer the sin, to overcome that addiction, to break that habit, to heal that marriage, to reach out to those rebellious children. God has positioned you today. To see all that he has in store for you. Oh, somebody needs to get that word into their heart today and understand everything you need for life and godliness is already there. It's already there. And you know the amazing thing? Here's the amazing thing. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to earn it. You can't be good enough to receive it. You can't do enough good works to get on God's good list. Well, I'm here to tell you, when you came through the blood of Jesus Christ, when you said, I'm a sinner and I need a Savior, and the only Savior I know is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, who lived and died and rose again on the third day, when you acknowledge Him as your Savior, you have positioned yourself for all that God has for you. Oh, come on, folks, we need to recognize that He has laid up in store everything we need for life and for godliness, lacking nothing. What did that scripture say? Did it say most things? Did it say pretty much everything you're going to need? No, Peter said all things. Somebody needs to shout that out this morning. All things, all things, all things that I need for life and godliness, he has already provided. Listen to me, you tell me you've been struggling with pornography? You don't have to do that anymore because all things have already been provided. Turn that over to God. Walk away from it. Shut the computer off. Put some blocks on your phone. Come on, be wise and let God set you free. You tell me I just can't get away from the bottle. It's been an addiction all my life. I got news for you. Quit hanging out at the bar. Quit hanging out with alcoholics and drunkards. Quit watching that nonsense on TV. Make a break and God will set you free. All things have been provided for life and godliness. All things. We need to understand that God has already positioned us for success in his kingdom. So many today are looking for love. And as the old song says, in all the wrong places. Do you understand that when you come to Jesus Christ, you are positioned to receive the agape love of the Father? A love that is unconditional. A love that comes without qualifications. Do you know that God loves you because you're you? And you can never do anything to make Him love you more. And you can never do anything to make Him love you less. God loves you. If you're looking for love this morning, can I tell you, it's not found in another relationship. It's not found in another human being. 
It's not found in a bigger car or more money or a bigger bank account. It's not found in another job. Love is found in Jesus Christ when you accept him as your Savior and God the Father positions you to receive his love. Then you'll find change in your heart and change in your behavior. So many today are looking for peace. They're looking on every side. They're looking to a little pill bottle every morning so they can have calm and peace in their hearts and in their lives. Oh, I'm not here to knock any of that, but I'm simply here to tell you there is one who said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. There is one who said, cast all your cares on me because I care about you. Oh, I'm here to tell you, if you will be in the position God has placed you, his peace will flow like a river. Your life will be completely revolutionized and changed. So many people are unhappy today. Do you understand that our quest for happiness, for happiness will never be satisfied? But if we will tap into the joy of the Lord, happiness then becomes a byproduct of the joy of the Lord that resides within us. The joy of the Lord is not happiness. The joy of the Lord is a source of strength. It's a river that flows from the throne of God. It's the ability to look life's hard times straight in the face and say, you will not rob me from the position God has placed me in. And it may be difficult today, but I've got news for you. Tomorrow's coming, and tomorrow the the joy of the Lord will still be my strength. Oh, somebody understand it today. You're searching for happiness. You bounce from relationship to relationship. You bounce from position to position. You bounce from city to city. God is saying to you this morning that if you will stay in the position where I have placed you when I saved you, you're going to know joy. And that joy is without end. And that joy brings a, a, a happiness as a byproduct that you will never find anywhere else. Can I tell you that I loved coming home? I was 14 days on the road with the Hokahe. I didn't have any major incidents myself, but there were 18 major crashes. One fatality. One biker died on the Hokahe. The only issue I had was a little lady turned in front of me and cut me off at a gas station. I had to take a hard right turn. And when I stomped my right leg down to hold the bike up, I tweaked my knee. That's why the stool's here. I thought I'd sit down, but I don't want to. Is that okay? Tweaked my knee and it started hurting. And you know what? The devil said, I got you now. You're going to have to quit. You can't do that with this bad knee. You're going to have to give up. Before that, I got sick and had to go to the hospital. Called my wife, she was at Chipley, it wasn't very far away, so she came over. And she told me later, I knew that if I would have said to you, it's okay, just come on home. Just go ahead and quit. You probably would have done it, but she wouldn't do that. She had the courage and the strength to tell me to keep on going. Oh, listen to me, friend. In life's problems, it's the joy of the Lord that comes with your position in Christ that keeps you going when you want to quit, when you want to give up, when you want to throw in the towel. Some of you in this room this morning are in that position. You're ready to quit. You're ready to throw in the towel. You're ready to say it's not worth it. But I've come to tell you, you have been positioned to receive the joy joy of the Lord, which is your strength. And if you'll allow him to infuse you with that joy this morning, you're going to realize that this too shall pass. You're going to realize I can make it. I can overcome. Everything you need has been stored up for you. All things have been given to you for life and godliness. 
This morning I'm talking to you about changing your condition by changing your position. By being in the place God wants you to be. Jesus said there's one great commandment. And it's this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. You see, when we follow that great commandment, there's no room for anything else. And when we follow that great commandment, we are positioning ourselves to receive all that God has for us. Because God becomes first. God becomes priority. God becomes the reason we live. Any sports fans in the room this morning? I know there's more of you than that. My goodness, half of town. Let me rephrase that. Half of Florida is a Seminole fan, so I know there's more of you in here than that. Raise your hand. Be proud. All right, there you go. How many times have you heard, heard a coach say after the game, well, they scored because we were out of position. We lost because we weren't in the right positions. If the defense is out of position, the offense can take advantage of that and score. If the offense is out of position, the defense can take advantage of that and hold the ball, and they won't be able to advance. I'm here to tell you today, if you're out of position, if you're not in the place God has put you when he saved you, you need to understand things are going to be tough. But if you're in position, in the place where God has put you, yes, you will have some tough times. Yes, you will have opposition. Yes, you have an enemy. But greater is he that is in you than he who is in the world. And you will overcome. You will conquer. You will go through. I believe it was on Tuesday of that first week. I started getting sick. We were somewhere in Texas. We rode all the way to Brennan, Texas that night, and I just got sicker by the day. All day Wednesday, I was throwing up diarrhea. I was sick. Time we got to Panama City, Wednesday night about 1230, I was sick as a dog. I didn't sleep any that night. Vomiting, diarrhea all night long. 4 a.m., my riding partner said, it's time to go. Well, why not? I haven't slept anyway. About an hour and a half into the ride, I realized I couldn't go on. I had to get some help. So I stopped at the hospital in Chipley. Now, here's what I want you to hear. On Tuesday and Wednesday, when I was riding that motorcycle, sick as a dog, wanting to quit, the devil was sitting there saying, you may as well give it up. You can't finish this. You're going to die. That's what he told me again and again. You're going to die. You're going to die. You're going to die. But when that little lady showed up at the hospital, and when she encouraged me, just keep going. You can do this. You are well able. When she told me not to give up, do you know what? It drowned out that voice saying, you're going to die. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, you are well able. You are positioned for victory. Come on, somebody. We need to understand God wants to take us through. Don't give up when it gets hard. Don't throw in the towel when you think you can't take any more. But understand, I am positioned to overcome. I am positioned for victory. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Yes, the devil is there, but remember, he's a liar. And he's the father of lies. Why do you believe him? Oh, you're going to be poor all your life. You're going to be broke forever. They don't appreciate you at that job. You're never going to get over this sickness. That spouse is never going to love the, you the way you want to be loved. It's never going to happen. 
Why do you listen to the lies of the enemy when God is saying very clearly to you, I have given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. And when God says all things, he doesn't mean just a little. He doesn't mean just some. He doesn't mean just a little dribble here and there. He means all of heaven is open to you. Every access is yours. Every blessing is yours. Every strength is yours. Every promise is yours. If you will position yourselves to receive from God. So God's saying it very clearly to us today. We have to position ourselves to receive everything that God has for us. What are some signs that we're out of position? Think about this with me. We understand we're out of position when there's a lack of brotherly love among believers. We're out of position. We understand we're out of position when there's dissension and jealousy And rumors among the church of God, we're out of position. We're out of position when we come to church looking for more jokes and entertainment than from the truth of God's word, we're out of position. We're out of position when there's continual immaturity among the body of Christ, we're out of position. We're out of position when we'd rather grumble about the splinter in my brother's eye than the log that's in mine. We're out of position. The writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews 10, 24, let us consider one another to provoke love and good works. When we're in the position God has placed us, there's unity in the body of Christ. Oh, the oil of joy flows in this place. When we're in the position God has placed us, God is free to do whatever he wants to do in us and through us. He can heal the sick. He can save the lost. He can restore marriages. He can bring back the rebellion. He can do whatever he wants to do when we are in position. And part of our position is loving one another. Preferring one another. Romans 15.1 says, Let us not please ourselves, but let every one of us please his neighbor for his good. Romans 12.10 says, prefer one another. You want to experience the boundless, life-changing, amazing promises of the living God? Begin to focus on someone beside yourself. Begin to see the world through someone else's eyes. I'm talking this morning about changing your condition by changing your position. Very quickly as I wrap it up from Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. I don't have time to read it. Write it down. And and I apologize. You don't have an outline. I just didn't get it done in time to get it in your handout this morning. Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. It says, Jesus is going into the city of Jericho. Now, on his way into the city, there was this blind man by the side of the road who cried out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Those around him told him to shut up and be quiet. But he understood he was in a position to receive something from the living God. He cried out all the more, and Jesus heard him, and he said, Your faith has made you whole, and he opened his eyes. Then he went on to the city, and the scripture says, In the city of Jericho, there was a man called Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector. Now, in the eyes of the Jews, Zacchaeus was a crook, he was a thief, he was despicable, he was absolutely almost not even human because of the role that he played in collecting taxes for the Roman government. But Zacchaeus, the Bible said, had heard about Jesus and he wanted to see Jesus. As far as the Jews were concerned, you couldn't get any lower than Zacchaeus was. 
Not only was he short in in stature, he had no moral value whatsoever. None. He was more concerned with himself than anyone else. Matthew chapter 15, the Bible says that Jesus climbed up a mountain and the crowds followed him. And when they followed him and came to where he was at, then he healed them and met their needs. There's a principle you need to understand. We need not only to follow him, but we need to climb up. We need to get out of the stuff we're stuck in. We need to change our circumstance. We need to change our... Listen to me, somebody in this room today. If you're living in an immoral relationship, get out of it. Don't expect God to bless you in that place. You must change your condition and change your position to change your condition. The Bible says Zacchaeus wanted to see him, but he couldn't see him because there was such a crowd and he was a little bitty guy. So he changed his position and he climbed up a sycamore tree. The Bible says when Jesus came walking down that way, he looked up and saw Zacchaeus. He saw he changed his position. And because he changed his position, Jesus changed his condition. He said to Zacchaeus, the tax collector, the one despised by the Jews, come on down, I need to eat dinner at your house tonight. Zacchaeus was elated. But when they got to his house, this is what he said. If I robbed anybody... I'm going to give it back to them. If I stole from anybody, I'm going to restore it to them. Something happened on the inside of him. His condition changed because he changed his position. Listen, this is what I want you to hear. That day in verse 10, Jesus said, Today salvation has come to your house. Let me go right back to where I started. God is a today God. You don't have to wait till tomorrow. You don't have to clean up your life. All you have to do is change your position to change your condition. And that's what God's asking you today to today. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Stand your feet with me across this room. I've come here to tell you this morning that he is saying to you, lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily besets you and run with patience the race that is set before you, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He's saying it's time to change your position. How do we do that? By receiving Him as our Lord and Savior. By welcoming Him into our heart and into our life. By acknowledging that He is a today God. And today, He wants to do something in me. He said to the crowds when they climbed up the mountain after Him, I'm going to meet your need. He said to some of you this morning, if you will step out, if you'll change your position, I'm going to change your condition." Because all things pertaining to life and godliness, He's already provided for us. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed across this room this morning. You're here. And you say, Pastor, I need to change my position. So my condition will change as well. I want to be like Zacchaeus. I want Jesus to see me today and bring salvation to my house. That's you, right where you stand. Lift up your hand and say, pray for me. Across this room this morning. Yes, yes, yes. Others, yes. Others. Lift up your hand and say, pray for me. Yes, yes, yes. Others. I want to change my position. Yes. So I can change. God will change my condition. Yes. Others. Lift up your hand. Yes. Others. Come on. Many have already said, that's me. You're talking to me. Yes, yes. I see you in the risers. Others. Lift up that hand and say, that's me. I need to change my position so God changes my condition. Anyone else? Just lift up your hand and say, that's me. You'll join these many. 
Every one of you raise your hand. Lift your head and look directly at me. Nobody else is looking around. Your hand is up. You raised it. You said, that's me. I've got to change my position. Then right now, step out and meet me right here. Come on. From every corner of the sanctuary, step out and come. God's going to help you. God's going to meet you. Today is your day. Today is your day. Because you chose to change your position. God's going to change your condition. Come on. From the risers. I saw you up there. Come on. From every section, come on, God's talking to you this morning. From across this room today, I've got to change my position so God can change my condition. Come on, others, you want to join these who are already here. Maybe you didn't raise your hand and you should have. Then step out and come this morning. Step out and come today. Come on, I'm waiting for you. That's it, young lady. I'm waiting for you. Come on down. I'm waiting for you. Come on, young ladies. I'm waiting for you. Others, I'm waiting for you. Come on. God is saying, change your position. I'll change your condition. Come on. Find your place in this line as I wait for you. Come on. Anyone else? Others are still coming. I'll give you just another second. Come on. God's talking to you this morning. This is about you today. Change your position. He'll change your condition. Anyone else? As I wait just a moment. Every one of you who have responded this morning, I know many of you. I know many of you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So you're not here to be saved. You're here for another reason. I'm going to pray for you. Yvonne's going to help me. We're going to pray and believe God to touch you. But if you don't know Him as your Lord and Savior right now, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Pray this prayer with me across the auditorium. Pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you rose the third day. I believe that when I confess my sin, you forgive my sin. So I confess my sin to you. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to transform me. I ask you to change me. Come into my life. Make me a new person. Position me to receive everything you have for me. In the mighty name of Jesus. Our prayer is that God will take this word and plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. Father, we pray for your great wisdom to infiltrate this listener, draw them to you, and take them gently down the road to their next destination in life. And if you're in need of a home church, we invite you to join us at Christian Heritage Church on Shera Road in Tallahassee, Florida, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. For a worship service where the presence of God has first place, you're invited to Christian Heritage Church. Sunday morning service is at 10.30, Wednesday evening at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For all the latest information, visit our website, chctoday.com.